Hello, I am Charles Musgrove, your host of Business Matters. I am with the Bean Team, and welcome back for another exciting show. We are getting tuned up for our radio show that's on 1130 Sunday mornings on Real Talk 93.3. Check out our prior shows. We have, uh, we've we've recorded all of our shows. They're on Apple Podcasts. They're now on iHeart. Uh, look for Business Matters, and you'll find it under those two platforms. Also, under uh, we have the shows recorded on YouTube. And look for Bean Team on YouTube, and you'll see all of our shows there. We have the full show recorded on YouTube. We've got some notes inside of the uh, description of each one of the shows. So take a look there. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Like it, and leave us some comments. Uh, we'll, we'd love to uh, hear from you and respond to the questions you've got about the shows, or if you've got ideas about future shows, let us know in those comments. Uh, also, you can email me. My email is cmusgrove at beanteam.com. So let us know uh, what you want to talk about. We have, some of, the, I think, some of the, the uh, really best subject matter experts in the area. We talk about a lot of uh, business matters, uh, issues that matter to the business owner, to the, to the employees inside the business, how to run a business, how to stay compliant, how to stay legal, how to do things the best they can to make their business the best it can be. Today is no exception. Uh, We have on the show today Terry Madigan. Terry is an attorney in Tallahassee, Florida. Terry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I like you talking about business matters. That's a good name for the show. It is. Business matters. Business matters, yeah. It's, uh, and today, legal issues matter, right? Yep. Legal issues always matter. They do. They they go, and it's the way of the world it goes hand in hand with business you know you everything you do in business these days seems there's some legal consideration you know sometimes it's good a lot of times it's just a pain but you gotta deal with it you gotta deal with it it's uh you know when you try to ignore things uh well even though you may not like to deal with it even though you you may you know it's going to be a thorny subject or something that's going to be difficult if you ignore it it's only going to make it worse because i think um Usually those things, those things do crop their head, and you have to deal with them in the future. And if you haven't appropriately dealt with them on the front end, they're they're going to be ten times as worse on the back yep. end. When things go bad, when things are good, they're good. When things go bad, they can be really bad if you haven't done some initial upfront prep work for it. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, Terry. You 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 mentioned the the I guess the dominance or just how many legal issues that you have to deal with in a business. And it's funny you said that because a lot of the shows that we have. We're hosting uh, attorneys, and we talk about legal issues, legal matters, because that's, uh, like you said, that's really important to make sure we deal with that correctly. Yep. There's there's so many potholes out there to deal with, even on the outside of running the business. You can be a great operator, a great business runner, or have a great business, but if you don't deal with that other stuff, it, it can jeopardize the whole business. I recommend, you, you know, I do a lot of work with a lot of small businesses, and, you know, Try to get at the point where just, you know, if there's an issue, you know, call me. I mean, you know, it's not going to cost that much. Sometimes, you know, if it's a regular client, I may not even charge. But, I mean, five-minute conversation, if there's something, if you're not quite sure it's legal or the way to do it, you know, check with your attorney. That's, that's kind of what we do, you know. Some Sometimes advice I'll give is more common sense than legal, but having somebody kind of objective outside and say, well, did you think of this and da-da. And, and I've learned a lot about business and things to watch out for by virtue of my clients mistakes exactly <laughs> so, you know, you, you know, i've got a n- number of years of seeing how not to do things yeah i think that's uh that's a great point that you made but it's funny you said that i, I had a uh, meeting this afternoon with a client and one of the things 
we talked about when we left was, hey, don't try to learn everything yourself and pay the cost of that knowledge. Yep. Lean on people that understand it and have done it before so you don't have to pay that price because learn, learn from their mistakes. Exactly. Learning <laughs> learning firsthand maybe it's a it, it's valuable but man it can be expensive. Yeah. So why why go through that? Lean on people like yourself or other professionals or people that have gone through it before and learn from what they've done. Get the shortcuts. It's okay. Yeah, no, just ask, you know, ask before you leave. Yeah, it's uh now I can't tell you the number yeah, talk just basic business number of times where I've gotten a call from you know, a client, a potential client wants me to look at a, over a contract, and they've already signed it. Yeah, and like, well, can, well, I can look at it. I can tell you, you shouldn't have done this. Right, but it's too you've late. Already, right, you've already committed yourself. You know, yeah. so now we already have to start figuring out a yeah. way, a way to Try mitigate to that it. risk that you just signed on yeah. to. Yeah, let's do it right the first time. I'm a strong do, believer in that. Do not sign the contract before you call your attorney. Yeah, that's can right. Do a whole lot more before you sign it. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking a, a few minutes ago. You are you're a native Tallahassean. So I am. that's I think that is uh I won't say that's rare, but that's I think that's that's really special to uh to have you on the show and you've been in you grew up in Tallahassee, you went to high school here. Yep. You went to Florida State to get your law degree, so and and you've hung your shingle here and you've stayed here your whole career. So I think that's commendable and don't have any immediate plans to leave either. Good. Know. Well, I know the residents of Tallahassee are glad that you're <laughs> going to stay. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's cool that that you are you're connected that much to the community and the Tallahassee area and the people that are here. Because what we do, what you do, what I do is it's about relationships. Working with your clients, providing them the best service that you can. If you can't do that, you're going to bring in another professional that can help them solve their issue. Yep. I try, I try to, and that's, you know, I'm a solo practitioner. In years past, I've worked with, you know, medium-sized, really big firms, smaller firms, and now I work on my own, uh, which means there's some things I, I can't do, you know, do it the way I, I would want it to be done. So it's very often that I will affiliate or associate with other attorneys. You know, it helped the client, number one, the client's not out there trying to find somebody cold to do something particular i can help the client get somebody who i know would fit and i you know i don't duplicate the work but i can still stay involved if it's something my client is interested in and that that seems to work well uh for me and again I, you know being around here for a number of years i've, I've got a pretty good idea of the uh, there's a lot of attorneys in town there's and, a lot and, and most of them are real good uh but there's some that are better than others or some that you know some attorneys the personality might not mesh with a particular client and That's i can right. probably see that up front i mean my personality doesn't mesh with everybody who calls me up but but you know you can kind of learn from dealing with these folks i can at least you know get you a good start on things yeah i think that's important and that's what our clients look to us for is okay i may know that terry or charles can't do this themselves this may not be their expertise but they're going to connect me with somebody that's been vetted somebody that they think can really right. help solve the problem somebody's got the real the niche the specialty that's right because that we're in a we're in a world of of specialties whether it's your you want to go to the right doctor you want to go to the right accountant somebody that's done that before and yep. uh you don't want you don't want those professionals learning on you just just they, like they had we, to learn someplace but you know right <laughs> not necessarily on me if i can avoid it exactly well that is uh let's talk about what we're gonna kind of chat about in the show i think we're gonna carry this a little bit further a little bit deeper in, into the radio show that we record. Okay, uh, I know you you kind of describe yourself as a as a general practitioner for the for the law for the lawyers. 
So with that, I'm assuming you deal with business owners, you deal with contract issues, with just how people, how to set up the right kind of business structure. I try, yeah, and, and a lot of it is, I mean, setting up business structure, not a big deal. I mean, LLC, you know, corporation, whatnot. Uh, a lot of that has to do, you know, setting up the books the right way, which I tell people that's really an accounting thing. Make sure you start out. I don't give accounting advice, uh, but small businesses that are starting or, you know, already long established businesses, uh, I try to help them on you know, anything they need. I mean, employee issues to contracting issues. And again, if I can't handle it, you know, I'll, I'll get somebody who can. I try to keep my clients out of court. Right, you know uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I mean, I when when necessary, I go into court, uh, litigated a lot, but it's it's a lot better for the client to try to avoid that if if at all possible. Yeah, kind and of so avoid I, that when you see it coming. Do everything you can to keep them out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's not like on TV. Take know? the other fork in the road. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's talk about uh, when we start the show. Let's talk about some. Uh, we will not use. The names of your clients will will change the names to protect the innocent, but there may have been some some issues with with uh, setting up contracts or business relationships or family businesses or things like that that we can talk about that I think will be helpful for those listening to. Okay, this is what happened. This is how we could have done it a little bit differently to avoid this issue. Yeah, I mean, just you know, generally, what if you're any type of a partnership you know whether it's legal partnership or you're just going into business with a friend acquaintance another professional or whatnot it, it really helps to get a lot of the understandings in writing i mean you probably know when you everything when they start out in business everybody's kind of thinks they're on the same page we're friendly excited and whatnot uh but sometimes the pressures of business will all of a sudden create fissures between family members which is really bad uh, and just business partners and you can't you can't write an agreement to cover every possibility I mean, that would be hundreds of pages but you know an idea of an agreement is this is kind of our our baseline if we do things a little different and nobody objects you know it's okay but if it gets to an issue where hey, i'm not real happy with what you're doing let's stick to what we wrote down and signed off on right uh, it doesn't have to be overly complicated but uh, I've seen too many occasions where there wasn't a real understanding going in. Again, yeah, and it's sad because it'd be friends maybe or family members. Those are the worst when you have family generational issues and all of a sudden, you know, one of them goes rogue. Yeah. Uh, and that's the worst of the worst. It can happen. So let's hit on that. We'll talk about independent contractor contracts, just the formal documents that you recommend or that you've worked with on that. Uh, and if you have any other issues that that um, yeah, kind of happy pop to the... talk about, it. just please understand this is not legal advice to anybody in particular. This, I like these that. are generalities. That's a disclaimer. So exactly, I like that. Do, do not rely on what I'm saying, even though I'm, hopefully I'm right. But. And we, and we actually put that in our uh, the notes we put on YouTube. Also, this is not legal advice. Okay, good. So good. we got you covered on that. So uh, John, with that, why don't you play us a little music and we'll get we'll start the show. Welcome to the Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove. On Business Matters, we discuss the issues that matter to your business. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and BeanTeam.com. And now here's your host, Charles Musgrove. Welcome back and good morning. I am Charles Musgrove, your host with Business Matters, and I'm with the Bean Team right here in Tallahassee, Florida. You are listening to Real Talk 93.3. 
We've got more knowledge of nuggets. Today, we've got Terry Madigan in the house, business lawyer, general practitioner, native Tallahassean. Terry, welcome to the house. That's me. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, man. I, this... I didn't know we were going out so wide on the World Wide Web. I mean, Apple, iHeart. Man, we got it all. We're get... Okay. So if, if you if you miss a show, you can go catch it. You can go catch it someplace else. Exactly. So you can be riding down the road with your with your ear, earphones in your head and listening to us on iHeart, Apple Podcast, or if you're sitting it at your desk at work, you can watch us on YouTube also. Wow. So you got all the past shows <laughs> there, so if you want to catch up on some... Get some really good nuggets of knowledge. We've got them there, and today's today's not going to be an exception. We appreciate you coming into the into the house today for another great show. I'm I'm excited. Nuggets of knowledge. I like that. You like that? Yeah. That's what we have, that's and that's what, what I do. Nuggets of knowledge, and we dispense that freely right here on Business Matters. So, Terry, you grew up in Tallahassee. I did. You went to Florida State University. Go Knowles. Law school. Law school. Yep. And we're glad you did that. And. We're glad that you came back, and we are glad that you have made Tallahassee your lifelong home. I am, too. You know, I've seen a lot of changes in this community. Um, mostly good. I still like it. I'm still here, you know. Yeah. It's different than when I started out here, but um, it's a growing still city. It's going to continue to grow. Um, and I've, it, it's been an interesting ride to be, see things going along, you know, over the years. You know, you start feeling like an old guy. So, well, I remember when such and such, and your kids roll their eyes at you. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. Well, you know, you know with it, it, uh, with all that experience with living here in Tallahassee, I, I know that you've got a lot of good information. You've learned a lot. You've helped a lot of people along the way, and we're gonna. That's you know, that's really what the show is about. Is let's we try to help business owners, businesses that are grinding it out every day. They've got issues that they have to deal with, so we try to help them with. Let's talk about some of those issues that they may be dealing with, and maybe we can help them. Maybe we can impart some some of those knowledge nuggets to them in our show well there's just just so many things you know as we were saying earlier before the show you know it's 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 kind of the way of the world you know business and law kind of go hand in hand i mean there's just always you know legal issues or legal considerations you yeah know? and and i like to counsel you know my clients you know if if you got a question about something you think it might not be quite you know <laughs> might not be quite legal check with your attorney yeah, you know, I mean, just 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 bounce bounce it off and see, and and you know, sometimes you're, I mean, probably most times business owners, you know, have done it for a while. Their instincts are right, but it's good to double check on it. Uh, and if if something is not right, uh, it's a prime opportunity to get it right before you you go too far. Yeah, and it's like you said, you may be the business owner may be generally correct. They may be in the right ballpark, but they need to clean some things up yep. just to make sure that the the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted in what they're either what they're doing, what they're communicating, or the document that they're preparing. Yeah, and there are just some areas of business and law that you have to do things that or do things in a certain way that don't always quite make common sense. Right. But you've got to navigate through, you know, different like, – you run like employment law in particular. It can get very complicated. I mean, just, you know, how you – from how you interview somebody to how you fire somebody and – you know special considerations that that's a minefield and there's there are attorneys uh in this town and all over that that's make their living on you know you're mr employer you screwed up on this and, absolutely you know, pay up pay up you know even it's innocent you know innocent screw up yeah we've had we've actually done shows on uh with employment lawyers that have that have talked about that you know how to how do you deal with 
with situations on termination of employees. That's that's usually the, where the sparks begin yep. is when you need to terminate somebody. And and we've we've talked about do you should you terminate? How you terminate is important, and you want to make sure that you don't step in those potholes. You can do everything right, and there's still some kind of litigation that happens. But you want to make sure that you that you do do as well as you can, uh, both on the human side and on the legal side. Yeah, you want you want to treat people right, but you know, it used to be you know, if you'd fire somebody, you know, maybe you know, unless it's you know, unless it's really for cause. I mean, Florida is a you know right to work state, so you, you can fire somebody, you know, whether for, with or without cause. When it's with cause, that's mean you're saying they did something bad, so that's different. But Somebody, if you're letting them off for a general layoff, you just can't afford them. Uh, sometimes you got to be real careful. I mean, you can maybe someone give you two weeks or give you something, and can you sign this release for me? Which is generally good practice. But there are special rules that kick in. For instance, uh, for people over forty, uh, people who may fall you're in into a minority, class, you're right? in a protected class, yeah. and you can't just give them the money and say sign the paper. You've got to go through a whole procedure, and it's it you know you end up with uh, you know settlement agreements that are you know 10 pages long small type just to cover yourself and right. reference all the federal statutes it's like god when did how did this happen but you know that's that's kind of the nature of the law you know there, there's been a bad situation someplace and so they got to make a law about it and everybody else has to work around it yeah you know? i think that is uh that's nugget number one for the for the day is if you're dealing with tough employee issues such as termination layoff or things like that make sure that you consult with an attorney, an employment lawyer that can help you make sure that that you have the right documentation, that you handle it correctly, that you're in compliance, and you want to make sure that that you have the best human approach and communication as well. And, and document, document, document. Absolutely. And, and that is so hard. That's easier to say. I mean, whenever you have an interaction with an employee, particularly if they've done something wrong or whatnot, you know, write them up a disciplinary report, explain it to them. If you can get them to sign, acknowledge it, great. What happens though in reality particularly you got a small business with a few employees that they're close you know sometimes they're kind of like family well i'm not going to write up something that that johnny did i mean he's going to do better and then by the time he does it the 10th time and you you fire him you know johnny said well how'd that happen you know and yeah you got nothing in writing just you know to dispute it yeah it um, is you're exactly right it's tough to have that conversation it's tough to to whip out the paper and have them sign it but Man, that can just save yeah. everybody a lot of pain and grief in the future. Yeah, it is. You just got to be businesslike, and it's same thing in a family setting, a family business. You got to be businesslike. Right now, we 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 kind of jumped on the, I, I would say the micro when we're dealing with the employer employer relationship. When we have, um, let's say, a divorce, so a termination is like a divorce. So you either you, you agree to, to depart, or there's a a one sided. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna have a departure. In a in a more of a macro standpoint, we have the business contracts, or what what are the documents that are that should be set up initially when partners go into business, when when a business is set up and you're going to have more than one owner, whether well, that's a family member or not. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, typical you know, s- small startup company. You know, you get, you but you set yourself up these days. Most companies form as a, a an L- limited liability company. You know, there's there's LLCs and then there's corporations, S corporations, and, and there's some there, there are attorneys who argue both ways as to which better. They're kind of nuanced. I typically set somebody up as an LLC, and all that is it's a it's a document you file with the state of Florida says I'm setting up you know Bean Team LLC. Right. Uh, you put in certain guidelines. You know the the 
you know, it's going to be run this way. So and so is the general manager, a member, or whatnot. You don't have to disclose everybody who's involved in the business, but there has to be something a legal entity so somebody can kind of figure out who who it is they're dealing with. And then if it's more than one person, uh, do what we call an operating agreement. In fact, you can do an operating agreement for one person. I, I could tell you stories about that. But and again, that's kind of the agreement between you and me is to okay. When decisions had to be made, I mean, are we fifty fifty? Are we fifty one forty nine? It's kind of tough to when you're fifty fifty ownerships if you got to vote on something. That's right, it is. Uh, so you, you kind of lay out. I mean, you know how you, you know, how who's going to make the decisions? Who somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to be the face of the business, even though you both have an investment in it. And of course, the more people you have involved in it, the more important that becomes. I mean, I, I've done agreements you know in, in my own you know practice you know with with, uh, with uh, former partners you know if we let's say bought our office building and we put together a, an agreement it may be 25 pages you know that's what happens when you get a bunch of lawyers right in it. but you can you could have even longer <laughs> than that but it kind of you know and it's one of those things everything's working good nobody ever no reads it you know yeah. it's when something goes bad you go back and say hey you oh yeah somebody you, you signed this here and it protects everybody else that's involved but it does um now that is called an operating agreement operating agreement so yeah. if you have an llc and you can have it like you started a single member llc multi-member llc the more you have then obviously you need that operating yeah. agreement to kind of outline the playbook it, it it's, it's critical when you have more than one person involved and you have what you said single member llc i mean i could set up and i am set up as a single member you know it's a kind of a variation but a professional liability company uh, i'm the single member of it uh but i it always struck me as kind of strange i've had clients who you know they've set up as a single member llc have gone to the bank and the bank wants to see their operating agreement right <laughs> okay and and i've done up a few i mean there there's formats for do it and i just say you know look take this to the bank and you know it kind of just lays out some common things you can always vote to change it, right you know? but <laughs> Of the but vote of go, one. Go, yeah, go to the expense of having an operating agreement to show to the bank for just one person. Yeah, that's uh, a little silly. But, yeah. But, but again, yeah, when it's two, three, four, five, it's it's important to have it. Right. And that is, um, like you said, that that document, whether it's an LLC and you have the operating agreement or if it's a corporation and you have a shareholder. Shareholder agreement. Then, Same, right. Kind of very, yeah, similar. So that's going to lay out the what do we do if. Yeah, well, the rights and responsibilities, who's in charge, you know, how are you going to split the profits or, you know, who's, you know, liable for this. Uh, and then, you know, baseline things about, you know, this is how we're going to do the business. And if there's a problem, we go back to this. And like I said, people can do, you can do anything. I mean, as long as it's legal, you can do your business however everybody's happy with. But there sometimes there comes a point where I'm no longer happy with how, you know, John Doe, my partner, is doing it. So, hey, John let's look at this agreement let's just kind of stick to the basic terms here and, yeah and, you know, a, lot, a and, lot and you've got the right to do that because you both signed off on it that's right and a lot of those agreements the uh one of the sticky parts or the more difficult parts to to address is the valuation <laughs> so yeah if we have a divorce or if somebody wants to leave or if somebody's incapable of continuing this is how we value the company therefore value their their portion of that company to to for their exit yeah and that's and, and there's different i'm sure you've seen different ways i mean you got book value which doesn't necessarily represent what you could sell it for on the open market but then you know when you when you have a group that are in business together uh very common and like an operating agreement if if one of them dies well we don't necessarily want to be in business with their spouse or their kids exactly so you write it up as you have the right to buy it from their estate 
you right. know, so that their estate, wife, husband, whatever, doesn't get into it. And you lay out a formula, and you want to be fair on those things. But you know, as far as you, know, you take a derivative of you know book value comparisons, appraisals, and whatnot, and you can say, you know, let's say if it's you know hundred thousand dollars, well, you may not have a hundred thousand dollars to pay out all the time. So you build it in there. We got we can pay it out in five years. You know, twenty thousand dollars a year. So you don't all of a sudden have this you know huge uh, obligation in there yeah that's Um, that is very difficult because you can uh a lot of times what i've seen people do is they'll leave that section of the agreement blank and it's like okay i know this may this may take some some brain cells to figure this out and really uh some tough conversations but you need to do it at that point do 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 something at that point yeah again that's it's it's to everybody's benefit absolutely Uh, it because you you kind of laid out the the two two of the key elements is determining determining the value is is one and that can be very simple or it can be simple with a layer of complexity yeah and, and it's tough particularly i mean we we could set out a we could set book value okay accountants you know you figure out book value all the time we could do some kind of appraised value but let's say it's you and me in business well if it's you know the bean team business you're the bean team guy okay so the business may be worth x today but if you're gone and we put in john doe it's not the same. You That's know, right. Even though he owns your shares, it's the the value of the business is going to change. You know, and you, you can't do it exactly, but you need to make some effort so that, particularly if you're the one who's going to be buying somebody out, a- absolutely, you want you want to know that you have a right to do that and kind of what it's going to cost you. That's right. And then the second part of that is after you've you've kind of settled on the this is how we calculate the value is how do we fund that? Yeah. So that that's another layer of complexity. Are you going to be able to pay it over time? Do you have life insurance policies that's going to fund that? So it, that's yeah, another that's very a, common. You know, by key man insurance, you know, we we have a policy that's there just for the purpose of you know if if Johnny dies, we've got a hundred thousand dollars because we know it's going to cost somewhere around that to buy his estate out, and maybe you can pay it in full there. Right. Uh, a lot of I'd say most small businesses don't have that. Uh, if they're you know, if they're smart, they at least have laid out something. But they've got a financial obligation. Okay, we got to buy out. Otherwise, we're going to be working with their spouse and their kids. Right. Uh, and that's when you want to set it out in terms. You know, we pay it over time. And you know, the the the, the deceased partner has signed off on that as well. So it binds his heirs, estate, executors, etc. So I I know you've been in business uh, a long time, and you've probably seen a lot of things. If if there's one common issue to deal with on the front end to relieve heartache and pain on the back end when it comes to partners and businesses what would that be well again just put it in writing you know if you've got your general expectations i mean it, it's it's gonna be a little different for every business and it, certainly there's there are i call them canned operating agreements i've, I've got a bunch of you know, i got books full of them uh but it's not really a one size fits all you know everything has to be kind of you know edited to fit your situation but put your expectations down in writing lay out in writing who's going to be in charge lay out in writing how you're going to end the business you know this it's it doesn't have to be complicated no but it can be extremely complicated if you haven't made some plans in advance exactly so don't wait on perfection because you can't afford perfection true you never you'll never get perfection there there will not be a perfect document so um yeah do something draw the line make the decision and move on yep so that that is uh that's really the i'm sure that you've had a lot of issues where there's no documentation and then it becomes 
well, I remember this, or he said this, and that's that's a whole lot more uh, difficult to defend yeah. or to get to to resolve. And that's when you get into you know, litigating cases. You know what what was said, and of course, there's no writing to back it up. You know credibility, and and there are you know there, there are Florida laws or statutes that kind of deal with certain situations. But you know, when you talk about the law, it's kind of a one size fits all. Right. It it may be very different from what you would anticipate or what you would think about it. Um, but yeah, th- those cases can get very, very difficult. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've dealt with, with business disputes where both partners or whatever, they're acting in good faith. They just have a real difference of opinion. Uh, the ones that are really painful though, were when, you know, somebody's just outright thieving, lying, stealing, whatever. And I've seen that happen in the context of family businesses. And that's, that's the worst. Man, that is bad. That's a nasty divorce plus a business breakup. Well, man, I hate to hear that yeah. because it, that is, uh, You've kind of mixed in family law and business law at the same time, yep. and that's uh, not a good mixture. That's just bad emotions, bad juju right there. So, and, and those family businesses are usually the ones that are least likely to have written out a game plan or an yeah. operating because, you know, we're family. That's you know, right. Until who, we're not. who would ever think we would break up or things wouldn't stay this happy in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to say, but when you, when you agree on – going into business with someone whether it's a a friend uh you don't know them but you're going to go into business with with another business person or family member that's the time like you said to put it in writing put it in writing get it documented this is how we're going to operate and if something happens in the future this is how we're going to divorce yep so get it in writing and this is the same thing prenuptial for business and the prenuptial (laughs) for business that's that's a good way to put that but that's reality it's uh Families have divorces. Husband and wives have divorces. Business owners have divorces yep. as well. So make sure that you document in, a, in advance. Before the emotions get heated, you're more rational on the front end because everything's going to be hunky-dory and rosy, and you can you can typically have a better judgment at that point. Absolutely. Much more rational up front. Of course, up front, you're kind of thinking this will never happen, and that's when it's so easy to, eh, I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah, uh, That'll never happen to me. Pay attention, yeah. but do it. Yeah. What What else in the in your practice is it? Um, you know, this kind of ties in with wills and trusts. When you have your operating agreements set up right, and you have those starting documents, there's also let's make sure they're titled correctly, or we're looking into the future. How will this be passed on? Right. And that's and there is absolutely a tie in. You know, particularly in a family business, as to you know, when I die, who gets my business interest? You know. Am I going to divide it up between my three children? Am I going to leave the business to Johnny and something else to the other two kids because Johnny's been in the business with me? Uh, is Johnny going to have to you know buy it out of the estate? Right. Uh, all kinds of considerations in there. So because the idea is you, you don't want the business to all of a sudden be in limbo when you die. Like oh my God, who's who's in charge? You know who, who, right. who's in charge? You want to try to keep it going. Yeah, a lot of times, particularly in a family situation. Uh, you know, when when let's say father and son is you know kind of the common example. Uh, father wants to pass the business to the son. When father starts getting you know fifties, sixties, or whatnot, it could start giving shares of the stock or membership interest in the LLC company away. Can gift it to the son or can sell it or whatnot. So at some point, you know, son's going to own a, a bunch of it. Maybe eventually all of it while you know the father is still alive. Uh, and as you know, I mean, there's some tax considerations with that, but you can give away 
uh, a lot, you know, without having a, a tax ramification on it. You know, keep records of it, but that kind of eases it. So when you when when you do pass, it's it's already done, or at least it's it's in motion. But right. Again, don't don't leave those things to chance. Uh, you know, would, I've, I've known you know, situations where you know somebody has uh, they've died and they had a a substantial business and they just didn't make any provisions. I mean, I tell you stories. Somebody came in basically a do-it-yourself will. Didn't even address the business. Well, the business, that's different. You know, but, yeah. Okay, who gets it? Who runs it? Yeah. In, that's, in the meantime, who's in charge of it, you know? Yeah, you kind of painted out one of the, I guess, one of the the good scenarios. If if you have a family business or any business and you have a, a, a key person identified, if that's a family member, then that's really what you want to have so that, that you can then identify that person both in spirit as well as legally, in, legally yeah. that they're going to be the person to carry on that business. And there's a financial part of that also that you have to address, but do that in advance. If you have a uh, personal service business where it's really the, the key, the key owners are the ones that are, that are driving that business, then you have to address what happens if that person dies. Yeah. So will that business just go away? You've got employees to consider. You want to make sure that that business continues for the sake of the employees, as well as continuing to generate income for the for the heirs and the estate. Yep. N- nothing like you know, having a business that's floundering because all of a sudden it's maybe gets. Yeah, you know, this is in the absence of an agreement with your partners about rights to buy it out and whatnot, uh, which would kind of overrule something to the contrary in in the will, right? Particularly if the will doesn't even address it. But if you don't have things laid out or you kind of own all the business and you know you die maybe without a will and you got five kids okay they each get a fifth of it maybe. right so yeah. what happens there yeah what happens there so the agreements we've talked about number one is an employment agreement make sure that you document the exit of an employee correctly yep. uh, setting up a business correctly to make sure you have the operating agreement or the shareholder agreement kind of the, the playbook in place with your partners at the beginning of when the business starts right and now we're looking at the end of of the deal would be your will or your trust documents that you've set up to handle the personal assets as well as business business assets right and there's there's all sorts of mechanisms you can use i mean sometimes a business will actually be put into a trust and you have a trustee which is somebody who you know could capable of running the business or at least capable of overseeing key employees who you they would continue on in the business right uh, but you but you you've got a mechanism somebody can immediately step in and, and be charged in charge and there's not a fight among family members about you know who's who's going to be in charge of things yeah do you have kind of a rule of thumb will versus trust or what kind of combination do you do you recommend there they're, they're different things i mean they they work together but uh you know, will is is a document that basically says you know when i when i die i want so-and-so to get this and i want so-and-so to be in charge of making sure the other so-and-so gets this your, right your executor administrator personal representative that goes through probate property a will a will will govern property that you own in your name individually to go through the probate process so that whoever you want to get it at the end can get clear title to it you right know, i mean you leave and you, you die and you leave a piece of property that's in your name you know well there's got to be some way that your kids or whoever get it they can't just you know go down to the courthouse and write something on a deed and i've, I've right. had people come to me and say you know i, I went to not too long ago that you know, family member died they did not have a will had several small properties 
And so we went down to the courthouse because we just wanted to change the deeds to put it in the kids' name. So it didn't, didn't work do that. that way. No, yeah. yeah, they won't do it. I mean, it makes sense, you oh, know, yeah. and, and everybody agreed this is what we want to do, but you have to go through a legal process so that you can pass, you know, clear title to your heirs, family members, or whatnot. You can set up under a will a, a trust which basically says, you know, we've gone through this process and I want the bulk of my money to go into a trust, and so-and-so is going to be the trustee, and the idea is that trust is going to dole out money over time, over a period of, it could be many years, to children, grandchildren, and whatnot, so that we don't drop a chunk of change on somebody who may be a, a child, a minor at that time, or maybe an adult legally, but not ready to, right. you know, have a bunch of money. Emotionally or mentally, they're not yeah. ready for and it. Yeah, and it's, you can have trust for, I've done trust for, elderly couples in their 80s who wanted to set up trust for their kids in the 50s and 60s because they just weren't sure that yeah, it would be never, good to drop it all on them at one time. Yeah, it's never too late. I've seen it, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the trust can be more specific, and it's really a functioning entity once that once yeah, that it, person dies. And the will kind of is an umbrella that makes sure that we catch everything that's not already specified for the trust. The, the will directs it through probate. Now, if you know, if husband and wife own a piece of property, I mean, th- let's say their house. Okay, when husband dies, it kind of automatically becomes the wife's property. Okay, right. so that's not going to be subject to probate. If, if husband and wife have joint checking account, you know, rights of survivorship, that becomes the survivors. That doesn't go through probate. It's really apropos when you have pieces of real estate or bank accounts that are just in my name, which is very common. You, you got to go through a process to pass it on you know you, if, if you owe money and there's money there to be paid you got to settle legitimate debts there's always going to be expenses you know that that come up and that's the way we you know that, that's how we do it in this country and you know it seems to work i don't know if there's a better system for it i don't know uh, it but, works. but people complain about probate and, and there's ways to avoid probate but sometimes it's a good idea not to avoid probate and that's you could do like what they call a revocable trust or a living right. trust they call it where you actually put your assets into a trust now while you're living you are the trustee and it basically says well when i die i have appointed it's in writing so and so to be the successor trustee and successor trustee is given directions to take all the money and split it up this way you can avoid going through the formal probate process because the trust doesn't die the trust is a right legal entity on its own right so that if we're if we're talking about important documents and agreements that's another one to to add to the list yep and and that that's usually kind of at the end of life thought process but that's important to do as early as as you can do it while you can still think through i mean absolutely and most people don't do a will until their later years or a trust until their later years but you can do them early on maybe when you're thinking more about it in a living trust or revocable trust that's not for everybody but it is a way that you can set things up kind of in motion now uh, as opposed to having it go through a trust after you die. But that's something. Talk to your attorney about that. You know, you, there's all kinds of, you can, online, you can get all kinds of forms or wills and trusts as long as you know what you're doing. And I've seen what happens when they don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to say talk to a trusted attorney, yep. and they can either handle it or they will get you to an attorney that can. But that's something that you want to make sure is done the correctly right and done right and takes into account your whole estate your whole assets everything that you've got that that you're dealing with yeah that's the idea yes you're, you're, you're planning yes yeah, so terry madigan this has been another great show man we've talked about a lot we've talked about employment agreements divorce of an employee we've talked about 
setting up a business correctly, divorce of a shareholder or a business partner. Then we've talked about setting up wills and trust. We've covered a lot here. We have covered a lot. I hear the lot. background music, so I, I take it we're coming to the end now, but we could keep going for another few hours. We, we could keep going. This has been what? another great show. <laughs> Terry, thank you so thank much. Thank you. I enjoyed Man, it. Man, this has been awesome. You've been listening to Business Matters right here on Real Talk 93.3. I'm your host, Charles Musgrove. Join us next week at 1130 a.m. Sunday morning. Have a blessed day. Have a great week. Peace and love. Bye. The Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove is sponsored by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting and tax preparation needs, visit beanteam.com or call 893-7710. You can listen to more episodes of Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or visit beanteam.com.